You're listening to Under the Earth, a podcast by Ethnos 360 Bible Institute in Waukesha, Wisconsin. I'm your host, Hadley Hageman. What once started as a small movement of Middle Easterners meeting in houses for worship and prayer has now become the dominant religion in the United States, with over 380,000 churches ranging in attendance from 13 to 50,000 people on a given Sunday. In this episode, we're going to be talking about evangelicalism in the West and how it relates to politics and policies. Joining us today is John Adams, who teaches at Numenoy Christian Academy in Papua New Guinea. Thanks for joining us, John. Thanks for having me. So in the past few years, the world has undoubtedly seen a lot of change, whether from the global pandemic, obviously, or the 2020 election, the Russia-Ukraine crisis, um, just global, just record high, not global, but record high deforestation rates in Brazil. Um, and all of these things have the public discussing politics and policies, and the church has remained involved in that discussion. Yet with all of the diversity within the church, uh, it's overwhelmingly that the church leans Republican. And statistics, statistics show that even more than the average American does the church lean to one side and is politically involved. Um, and so my question to you today, John, is um, could you help us understand the two-party system in America today and how it relates to Christianity, both theologically and politically? Sure. Yeah. So this is a challenging, challenging topic, isn't it? I think I've got a unique perspective as someone who lives on the other side of the world now, but as an American as well. And it's interesting that this is a subject that Americans are really struggling with, of course, but the church as a whole doesn't necessarily even identify with those same issues or parties or divisiveness that is there. Um, I work amongst colleagues of at least a dozen different nationalities, and most of them probably couldn't tell you what a Democrat or Republican believes. And yet we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all um, serving the same God and, and preaching the gospel in his name. And so it's, uh, it's challenging, I think, for those of us with, with an international perspective to see churches torn apart. And I visited the United States just a few months ago, and I had the opportunity to visit a couple different churches. And one of these churches was um, predominantly African-American. And I know that Pew Research says that African-Americans are four times as likely to think that the Democratic Party is a positive force for religion in America. Whereas, of course, white Republican, uh, white American evangelicals tend to overwhelmingly support the Republican Party. And in that church, I managed to see um, flyers for Democratic candidates openly displayed. And yet I attended another church in America where someone, without even knowing my name, first time I walked in the door, never met this person before, they told me that um, they put, held up a Bible verse um, that taken way out of context, of course, said, um, let, a, let him die and another take his place. And I said, I'm praying this for Biden. And it, it really shocked me because it was this strong divisiveness towards th these people don't know me, but yet if I were from one party or another, walking into one church as a Republican, I would have been, I would have immediately felt unwelcome. And walking into the other church, if I were a Democrat, I would have felt completely unwelcome. 
and wouldn't have even had a chance to learn what does this church teach. And I just felt that was so sad. Yeah, and I do want to clarify the statistics that I had that I said earlier is not characteristic of the entire church, but specifically white American evangelicals um, tending to, to lean right. And so there is diversity in the church in America, um, but maybe not in that specific way. Could you um, help us understand, explain what it means to have separation between church and state? Well, yeah, uh, it was an interesting concept, I guess, by the founding fathers that coming out of the British system where the, the king, the monarch at the time, was the head of the church as well. The Church of England was, of course, tied very closely to the politics. In fact, even as I understand it to this day, you can't be king or queen of England without being a member of the Church of England. And so they established a freedom of religion. And shortly thereafter, there became this, this phrase, the separation of church and state. And I think probably the founding fathers had intended that to be more protection of the state from the church and the influences of the church. But I think it's also important for this church to not be so tied in to the affairs of state that it becomes difficult to distinguish the two. I think of Russia. You mentioned Russia earlier. Mm -hmm. um, right now in Russia, the president, of course, President Putin, is a member of the Orthodox Church. And the head of the Orthodox Church, the Patriarch Carol, is very strongly associated politically with the president. So now you have a situation of controversy like you have in, in Russia. Um, I mean, where obviously, from my perspective, evil is being done by, by leadership in Russia. And the Orthodox Church is stuck in this position of supporting these actions and how can they separate that? So I think you're going to see, and I have, I have seen already many churches leaving the Russian Orthodox um, grouping there, separating themselves from it because they can't associate with the politics. I'm, I'm really concerned about what that says for America. If American churches identify too strongly with one party or one person, a political leader, would we be able to stand up and condemn that person or party if they supported something evil? Right, right. I guess... On a, on a big scale, maybe more like a theoretical scale, what are the bigger dangers of having no separation between church and state or even less maybe separation on, and on both ends? So danger for the church, danger for uh, the nation. For a nation, of course, separation of church and state is really important because it helps protect the rights of all. If you have only one church that has power, or if they're um, given excessive power within it, then what are there going to be the rights for the minorities? Again, to go back to what the founding fathers of America were coming out of, you know, they're coming out of a, a church um, system there where Catholics would kill Protestants when, when Mary is in charge of and on the throne. And then when a Protestant comes to the throne, they're killing the Catholics. And so you have immense danger for the, the unity of a nation if there's not separation of church and state. But then also, as I mentioned, you have to have that separation for the safety of the church itself. If you want to have a true church, then I think you have to have a, the freedom to criticize policies or people on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. And speaking to the maybe more individual level, do you think it's appropriate for Christians to lobby um, for laws and policies that reflect their Christian values, whatever those might be? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, in Jeremiah 29, 7, it says that the exiles to Babylon were supposed to um, seek good for the country in which they were exiled. Uh, we, as Christians, I think, have an even greater responsibility to seek good for the countries in which we live, uh, regardless of what country that is. But in a country that has a representative democracy like the United States, we have even more responsibility as citizens of that country having the right to vote. We're actually in a position of authority. So all those admonitions and proverbs that tell leaders, you know, to seek the good of the of the poor, to um, not neglect justice, all of those admonitions in some way apply to us as actually leaders of a sense of our country. And so we, I think, very much so have to take into account which people, which policies reflect the appropriate leadership for our country, what's going to bring good for our country. That can be things that have clear scriptural admonitions of doing justice, um, protecting the innocent. Uh, you know, the, it, those sorts of things are very clear in scripture. And it can be other things that maybe aren't quite so clear, but just are for the good tax policy. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us what tax rate we should have, but yet there may be wisdom and we may have to make wise choices in that regard in our voting in our voting choices. So yes, I think voting and advocating, um, those things are essential and very important for Christians as long as we can separate ourselves from getting distracted from what our true purpose and true calling and true, um, identity as Christians is, you know, and that's followers of Jesus Christ. Great. Yes. I love, I love that you said that. Um, and so obviously as individuals, we should be involved in our country. And, um, but do you think that applies in the same way to the church corporately? Or do you think there's, that starts to blur the line of the divided wall between church and state? Wow. That's a, that's a great question. It's a difficult one. I know it's one that pastors are wrestling with all over the country. Um, I think yes. And yes, really. I mean, it's, uh, it's something that individually we are responsible for, but it's something that the church is responsible for too, in regards to its teaching, the church has to teach on important issues. And it's very difficult to separate those from parties and individuals who are running for office. So if a church needs to teach on issues of the value of life or a church needs to teach on issues of morality um, and how those may relate, that's, that is it's impossible to separate those from politics in some way. But I think the danger then is making ourselves inaccessible to those who might feel differently. And I've known personally, I think probably most of us do, have known people who have left the church because of disagreements over politics. I've known churches that have made people feel very unwelcome in terms of visitors or maybe they're members of their neighborhood from a certain different demographic background that wouldn't feel welcome in the church because they feel like it's a political rally, so to speak. And so we have to be very careful to avoid that and make sure that what we're teaching is only scripture and not our own personal political leanings. Yeah, I think that's really well said um, and good advice for us as we approach politics and, and our values from knowing the Lord and how those things often yeah, intersect. Um, as kind of a closing overall question, in the church, do you, can you think of anything that 
um, any ways we might need to rethink political involvement, um, things that are done well, or maybe things that we could change? Yeah, I mean, I think that the American church has led the way worldwide for a long time. And you go around the world, people see you're American, they assume you're a Christian. Um, that's been, as a missionary, that's something they just kind of take it for granted. Of course, it's not entirely accurate that all Americans are Christians or anything like that. But one of the things that I would say is a negative is that now when I travel, there's an immediate assumption about my politics um, based upon the fact that I am a white Christian American. And there are in mission work, I know there are people that are finding it difficult to have access to certain communities because that's tied so closely to a political stance that is abhorrent in that community. And how do you work in a refugee community if they make assumptions that you're opposed to refugees or immigrants, if that were the political stance of the day or whatever this, you know, whatever situation you might come up with, it can be very, very challenging because fairly or unfairly, the American, especially American evangelical church has become so tied politically to a party. I think of there was just recently a, uh, I think maybe a few months ago in a New York Times, there was a news article that was entitled, Why Evangelicals, Why Evangelical is Becoming Another Word for Republican. And it was just pointing out that from the perspective of, this is of course not a Christian publication, but for their perspective, Republican had become synonymous with evangelical, regardless of your actual beliefs. Yeah. Any, um, Last takeaways, maybe for the individual watching, um, just ways to rethink how they're um, a good American and a good follower of Jesus. Oh boy, that's a that's a great question, right? I mean, I think that really it's a matter of perspective. You have to, we have to take every day, and I have to do this too. I I try to maintain for the podcast here. I'm trying to maintain like a neutral ground here, but I have strong feelings too, and. What's important for each of us is to be able to set aside our personal feelings and recognize the important thing here is working for, for Christ and for the, the gospel. And all of us, I'm in a missionary community, so I have to be a little bit cautious in terms of what I say because it might reflect on my organization. And I think that's an important reminder for all Christians because whatever we say, whatever we post on our Facebook or Instagram is not just a reflection on, in my case, my mission organization, or in your case, perhaps on your Bible Institute, but for a Christian, it's a reflection of Christ. And so everything we do, we have to remember we are ambassadors from a different kingdom to this fallen world. And every single action we take is a reflection of, for someone else, it is someone else's impression of Christ. How do I want to portray him? I think that's a great way to, to close our discussion. Um, thanks for joining us, John. I really appreciate your insight into a difficult topic. If you enjoyed, enjoyed this podcast, um, leave us a review. We'd love to hear feedback from you. And as always, if you want to learn more about Ethnos 360 Bible Institute, go to e360bible.org and click on Request Information Form. Thanks for listening.